Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. I'm so excited to have this week's guest. I uh, lovingly refer to him as Dentistry's Funny Guy, Mike Detola. Thank you. Mike, how you doing, man? Good. Um, Is it okay for me to call you Dr. Mike Detola? <laughs> Why would you? Uh, well, I mean, I'm just, I mean, it's not like you've done dentistry in a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good point. It's yeah. been... It has been a, a couple of years, but uh, no, they let you like keep your license, and as long as you would still attend, you know, CE <laughs> courses, and 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 then the, they let you count your lectures as your hours. I do. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I've always still like um, been involved with um, with taking classes and been involved with it um, peripherally enough, and even sometimes doing like hands on courses yeah. on on study models or doing. Uh, sometimes going out to um, DSOs, like right. a like a group of maybe um, five or ten practices. Mm-hmm. I can think of a couple in New York where, you know, they didn't they they can't really put together their own CE program, so they right. have half the dentists come on one day and half come on another day, another day, and, and just you know teach stuff. Like they the didn't reverse. want to close the offices. They didn't down. want to close all the offices <laughs> down, and what? just kind of like do teach the reverse preparation technique. And the funny thing is about those DSOs, it's like. Um, the age of the dentist, you know, there's a lot of like uh, 27 to 30 year olds, right? And then a lot of like uh, 62 to, yes. to, to 65 right. year olds who don't want the stress of owning a practice or maybe sold their practice and got right. bored and they came back. So yeah, it's really interesting. There's nobody like in the there's nobody my age in or the your power age zone. There. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, you know people who have only done maybe uh, 10 crowns to graduate right. or since they got um, out of school, and then people who've been doing it kind of the the same way for a long time and aren't really sure if this or is they're prepping all, stuff. And they're prepping all gold type yeah, margins Yeah, everything's anyway. got like yeah. a feather edge margin with yeah. a, a bevel on it. But interestingly enough, um, I'm making an entrance back into dentistry <laughs> Dude, again. This is one of the weird after effects of, of COVID is yeah. that, um, you know, on March 13th, um, when the NBA shut down and then everything else um, basically shut down, there was probably uh, 40 lectures coming up that mm-hmm. year. That that canceled, and then um, a bunch of lectures this year as well. And um, you know, I had just been doing the lectures and doing some other video projects for people, and it was um, not quite enough to keep my um, brain, you know, stimulated all the time. And then when the lectures canceled, then it turned to all zooms. My brain really started going yeah. nuts because it's not. This is the first in-person interview I've done with somebody in a long time, and yeah. the energy's just... Well, it's, it's... And people like me and you, we thrive on reaction and interaction, and it, it, it just... Re- it drives us, you right. know? And, and, and then Zoom is, I would argue, 
mentally exhausting for people like us because then we have to amp it up to make ourselves right. to to just keep us engaged in doing it. And still no one's paying attention. Yeah. So like one of the things I've noticed doing these webinars is that you get questions that you would never get otherwise. And it, it's just clear. And it's something you said three times. Right. So in an in-person lecture, nobody would ever ask this because... They're focused. Yeah, even if you're kind of zoning out a little bit, as, as soon as the speaker starts to walk up and down the yeah. aisle or do or tells a joke that re-engages your attention, you're at least going to hear these things. But people are asking questions of something I've said three or four yeah. times. But, you know, speaking about energy... Um, we'll talk a little bit more later about why I'm here, why I'm out, right, and, sure. uh, my triumphant return to North Carolina <laughs> uh, after a number of years. But um, after hibernation from the state, <laughs> talking about energy, the very excellent Aaron Elliott was speaking today, who I who I haven't seen um, in a long time speak, and really only saw her for like a short program and a short talk. Where we you only got on. 15 minutes with her, yeah. And now <laughs> I've I've had a day and a half, and I liked it, and I want and I want more. And you came up and you gave, um, you know, part of it as well, sure. kind of your real world thing. But my takeaway um, story, we will talk about it more, but my <laughs> takeaway story is afterwards uh, where we were sitting in, uh, if people haven't seen the 3D Dentist Lodge, it's, uh, it's a sight yeah, it's to amazing. behold. It's like, hey, 3M and Waniwak, you know, th- that's, well, been, that's been pushed to the no, side. Okay, it's on. not quite the I don't same. have a private jet to bring people in. No, but you have a Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> that's that's like for a dentist, that's almost, uh, that's almost <laughs> we, good We enough. give people the wrapper treatment. Right. It is an Uber-free zone. Yes. I noticed some people today who, who couldn't get home because... Uh, if you're coming out, do not pack large suitcases yeah, for this day and a half. Uber won't take you. Yeah, they're in, not in North Carolina. But afterwards, we we went back into the lodge, and you and I and Aaron were um, sitting there. And Aaron got this amazing phone call about her son saving someone's life. Who cares? That happens every day. And <laughs> um, and she said shh, shh, you were T Bone was talking, and Aaron said shh, be quiet. You have to have this phone call. And she started talking to her son and played it on speakerphone. And as soon as you had to stop talking, I looked over twenty seconds later. And you were asleep. And so then Aaron uh, picked up her phone and, and walked outside to, to keep talking to her son. And Meredith, who plants your courses, right. came in and looked and said, is he asleep? And it had been 60 seconds that your eyes had been closed. And I was like, no, it's more that he's ignoring you, expecting you to laugh. Right. Because if I had been sitting there, my eyes would be closed. Somehow you were in like stage three deep sleep <laughs> after 60 it's seconds. Unbelievable. It's narcolepsy. Is that not narcolepsy? I'd have to ask Dr. Uh, Elliot, but... No, that's just that's just. How do you lose consciousness so quickly? It's pure talent. And how are you still alive? That's never happened in a car. uh, It has. Because I was terrified driving over here. (laughs) You went to turn the heat up, and I'm like, I'm freezing him out. I do not. (laughs) Is that why you did that? Yes, I don't want to die in that Escalade. It would protect you. Yeah, I was ready to slap you. I mean, it protected Tiger Woods from the two iron. (laughs) (laughs) The fire hydrant. Yeah, but his. what was that? The Genesis. The Genesis. Yeah, yeah. That's how does a guy with generational hand eye skill, like more coordinated than almost anybody on the planet, this is like his third maybe car yeah. crash? Yeah. It, I'm, it's got to be some, it's sleep deprivation of some way, shape, or form, yeah. isn't it? Seven in the morning. Even if you're texting when you hit the center divider. Are you going to? Yeah. Know, Aren't you going to hit the brakes break or steer something. or something? Yeah. I mean, he, I don't know. I, I meant to ask Erin uh, today during her lecture if yeah. she thought that was. Um, She's probably like, who's Tiger Woods? I thought that was sleep. I, she's pretty athletic. She yeah, no, college absolutely. soccer. She knows who uh, golfers are. But, um, yeah, I mean, so really that's why I'm here because um, I've always referred to uh, obstructive sleep apnea. And, you know, at Glidewell, we, we've made a lot of uh, snoring, snoring appliances. Device, yeah. And we do make OSA appliances too. But the, the majority over the years has been – in fact, they just did their 400th 
thousandth Silent Night. I don't think there's a sleep study for any of them. <laughs> for three, for four hundred five thousand of the four hundred thousand, there isn't a sleep study. But the, the good news is a lot of them. You know, the patient's last name, you yeah. know, was the same as the last name of the doctor because it was usually um, for the doctor's wife's birthday present. Right. He was going to make a silent night for himself and hopefully, <laughs> and and stop um, all the snoring. But um, you know, just seeing these appliances, and I had the the chance to practice for a couple of years with uh, with Dr. Todd Morgan, mm-hmm. who you know actually came up in uh, in Aaron's lecture. He's, he he's done a lot of work towards sleep apnea. Same kind of thing. You know, uh, his dad had an issue, kind of mm-hmm. kind of like with uh, Aaron's dad. And I've always thought of um, OSA as kind of thinking man's dentistry. Yeah. You know, so we we have the thing where. Um, we're going to sit and prep and do all these preps, and it's um, physically taxing, even though mm-hmm. it's not like running a marathon, but you're bending over, holding yourself into a position. We all ignored the ergonomics lectures yeah, when and, we were younger. And we still do this. <laughs> and we still do that because you have – what are you going to do? Compromise your results, you know, just because I'm it's hell-bent fast, on doing it in the mirror? It's just faster. I just want to get done. Right. But now you have this thing where you, you've got this area of dentistry where – you know, it's 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 thinking, right? right. It's learning. It's, it's using your it, mind. It's it's reading these sleep studies, having them obviously diagnosed by a sleep physician, and then a couple, you know, polyvinyl or yeah. alge- hopefully polyvinyl or digital impressions. Digital. Hopefully not polyvinyl hopefully or, or alginate. Well, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and then um, and then and then basically seeding this and and interpreting what's happening. Or you know, you guys are both very good about delegating this to a sleep champion, so they're able to deliver these. Devices, but it's not, you know, nearly a, as taxing and, um, you know, it, it feels more like thinking, you know, quote unquote, yeah. thinking man's dentistry where you're kind of doing it with your your brain more than that. So, um, you know, I want to be able to bring this, you know, when I go back into practice, I want to yeah. be able to do that and add things like aligners um, as well and certainly do some uh, restorative dentistry. So that's why I I came out when I just happened to interview Aaron uh, the other night for uh, – a now um, disappearing <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Unbeknownst to you, I, uh, I I literally just did the world's shortest podcast. You know, it had a good six episode run, and now apparently they're uh, they're all gone. They, they've uh, it's been cancel cultured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's like that's uh, a, a huge uh, shot to my heart. Like those were really uh, you know doing anything important for me, but I got to interview some. Um, some fun people, but, um, you know, I, I had talked to Aaron and, uh, we talked a little about uh, obstructive sleep apnea and I said, yeah, I'm going to start practicing and I'd love to, um, you know, love to do that. When are you, when are you, when's your next course? She's like next weekend. And I was like, okay, I, I think I can move. Well, some I'm not really around. lecturing, so I'm pretty sure. I'd so I'm pretty sure I can move that it. one zoom call that I have. <laughs> and, uh, you were nice enough to say, oh, absolutely, man, yeah, come, come out and, and see what we have. And, uh, it was a great course. Um, I stayed, uh, in the lodge again, yeah. the retreat. I don't know if it has an official name. It's the Eagle's the Nest. <laughs> no, it's the retreat. The retreat. We're, we're waiting for our sponsorships of some partnership. It's going to be like NFL stadiums. Like every year, it's going to be the Bank of America Stadium or the something else, Lucas Oil Field. Or yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Sure, why not? You can change it. Nobody's really. Maybe it's really going to be the Bruxier Lodge right. one year. You never know. The um, uh, Gold Foil Study Club. Yeah, maybe. Uh, lodge. We maybe, were talking yeah. about that earlier. Amalgam. Going to make a resurgence. Amalgam polish. Well, you know, it's very interesting, Mike. Um, it, what you were just talking about, getting back into practice and stuff, it reminds me of the first time I met you, and I've always been chasing you. That was like, actually the first question on all of my podcasts. You know, pretty much yeah. all of them was, do you remember how we met? And Aaron actually did. Do you remember how we met? Yeah, we, okay. met, uh, we met through Dentaltown. 
And then you were at the time where I Glidewell, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do some lecturing. We wanted to do some photography courses together there. And I, I remember going to Glidewell in Newport Beach, the lab, and meeting you. And I, I, and this was like 2004, 2004, five, somewhere in that ballpark. And I remember saying, I want to be like that guy. Okay, <laughs> I want to work in dental Disneyland, as you called it. Yeah. And and I'm like, God, I want that. I want to do that. And then you went to work for Serona doing what I was like, God, this guy just keeps going to all the places. I just, I want to do that. And then I'm, I'm chasing you, chasing you. And now you're going back into practice and I'm trying to get out of practice. So I'm thinking the first thing when you told me that I'm getting back into practice, I'm like, there's something I'm missing because I keep chasing, I keep chasing this guy around because that's what I want to do. And now he's going back into what I'm trying to get out of to a certain degree. And I'm like, man, what's going on? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. Well, you have to imagine um, that you haven't been in private practice for the last, you know, 20 years. Um, Of course, I was seeing patients while I was at Glidewell, but that was... uh, you know, so it's been, I don't know. Five years? Yeah, three or four. Yeah, four years. Four years probably since um, since then. And so looking at it now and, um, you know, the opportunity to uh, purchase a practice now with um, not only the experience but more um, of the connections that sure. I made with people like you. And, and the industry. And, yeah, and, and Aaron and people who are just willing to help out in any way, shape, yeah. or form because hopefully I've helped them at one point. Or we've done something together in the past, and they're just super nice people. It's a it's a really different perspective than buying a practice right, right when you get out of school, where you have to because right. this is how you're going to make a living, and you're kind of terrified um, about it. And and for me, it's coming in with a kind of a whole new set of eyes, and it's just um, a new challenge. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel all that different from buying uh, any kind of business. It just happens to be this one that is there any fear I do involved know something in this? about. There's no, I, I, can't, I can't say there's really any fear just because of the, um, the way it's going down. I'm buying a practice where um, it's had somebody in there for a long time who is staying. Okay. And so uh, I'm just coming in and adding on to that right. by doing things that they're not doing now, like 
obstructive sleep apnea, sleep apnea yeah. like um, and like aligners. And so, I would be I would be terrified if I bought like um, a two million dollar practice. And it's like, <laughs> all right, Monday morning, let's hit the. What do we got? We got eight preps so, scheduled. So you're not in practice. You probably wouldn't be in roller skate practice shape at that point. In time. Exactly. Like yeah. I, I like me and Aaron joked about we have to get back into speaking shape. Right. You know because you know it's true that do, first those first ones are rough. Yeah, They're a little do, rusty. You know, getting back into do, holding attention for a day or two. And all of those things is uh, it, it's definitely not easy. Yeah, and the, obviously, yeah, you got to shake off um, the rust a little bit, and and you just feel it when you're lecturing uh, every Friday. It's just like okay, you know, I'm on top of my yeah. game. I'm so comfortable with this that when yeah. I'm up there, uh, new lines are just coming out spontaneously. If I had a better work ethic, yeah. I would record this lecture, re-listen to it, write yeah. those down, and add it to the stories. But I'll just wing it because the bar is pretty low. Um, in dentistry, but there is that. God, that were you inside my brain? <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is like, um, so, okay, I haven't done crown and bridge for four yeah. years. I haven't done a direct composite for the 15 years before that either. Now I know direct composites aren't super difficult and it's not like, um, you know, the sectional matrix game has passed me by <laughs> and I, I can't get in anymore, but I guess I do feel that way. You know, I guess I did feel that way watching all you guys starting to place your own implants right. and mill your own abutments. And uh, I was so heavily focused on traditional uh, crown and bridge at Glidewell, and then right. they, it, they hired other doctors who were doing the implant thing, that I did always feel like this looks like um, it would be fun, you know, being able to, you know, do your own guides and yeah. being able to kind of be a super dentist right. where you're doing more dentistry on fewer people and this more meaningful mm-hmm. stuff like implant dentistry. So I think in that respect, I was a little bit jealous. And then once, you know, I started doing just consulting for companies – um, if a company gets bought by another company, well, <laughs> like Dense Play buying Serona, <laughs> all of a sudden your job can disappear. Or it's in jeopardy, and there's there's that uneasiness of the unknown. Yeah, and when COVID hit, like all yeah. all consulting contracts went away. Right. Not just for three months, because the companies were hurting for a while after yeah. that too, and they're not sure when they can afford that. And they don't want to pay until they're they're confident and certain that it's coming back, and or. They may not come back because they found a new way. Yeah. There's been some level of disruption, and they may have found a new way to, to continue yeah, to make so things work. Yeah, it's, so it's kind of a luxury for them to have somebody to help create content. Right. Whereas with, um, you know, really, I mean, Dance Play Serona is the one big example. They're, right. they're tied to putting on this big meeting every year because it's, it's such a huge sales it's, opportunity yeah. for them that it'd be crazy not to have and it. And P- it's phenomenal PR. Yeah, but everybody else is getting very slowly back into that and so it's more you know kind of hit and miss so even if you have your own consulting business um it can go away and then you're constantly trying to find um, new clients to to replace the old ones it's not and so you know having um the dental practice and being in it as much or as little as you want to is good and then just really to be of value um as a consultant or, or a kol uh, it's really nice to be able to use the products that you, you, you know, talk um, about. So I just never stopped talking about ones that I had used, but obviously right. new ones have come out, and I yeah. have no way. I'm, I'm, not, I'm too honest. I'm not going to say, oh, I'm use this in my practice. I'm, I <laughs> but practice I can think yet. of a lot of speakers that would do that. But, you know, what you just said, um, the take, I think the takeaway point, it, it's, it's very relevant, and I know we joke a lot and we, we try to be funny, but there's, there's some seriousness to this, is that your dental practice is a – known commodity that is a forever level of income right okay and you know it really reminds me of something 
that uh, I saw with my parents. I always wondered why we kept our cockroach motel. Mm-hmm. And now it makes sense. Because no matter what happened anywhere else, we could always go back to the cockroach motel with the apartment complex and doing rooms and everything and make a living. And so no matter what goes on, even through the depths of 2008, 2009, dental practices survived. Right. You know? So there's a lot to be said about chasing the Insta-famous, the fake book, the, oh, I want to be the influencer and all of that. Uh, but, but you need something that's stable on the back end to continue to fund your life. And then to be an influencer, to a certain degree, you have to be doing things uh, so that you can maintain relevancy. Right. So, yeah. So I made a huge mistake when I was at Glidewell, and I never developed you know, my social media yeah. channels. But when, you know, we started in maybe 2006 or seven, started putting clinical videos on YouTube with zero subscribers. Last time I checked, uh, Glidewell's got like 92,000 subscribers. In dentistry, that's a big number. The biggest. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not sure anybody who's, there's no manufacturer that comes even yeah. uh, close to that. But, you know, props to Jim Glidewell for, I mean, I was a luxury. You know, know, a lab doesn't need to have a full-time dentist on staff. What amazes me about Glidewell, and and I don't, this is a sandbox maybe, but what amazes me about Glidewell is lean and mean, beating billion-dollar companies at those things. Like, why why was, why is Glidewell, or any lab, let's say, beating a multi-billion-dollar entity at how many subscribers they have on social media? And... Most of marketing today is done through social media. But you know what? I have to correct you there. Glidewell is not lean and mean. Jim always has ten percent more employees. Mm-hmm. Well, when than I he when needs. I say lean and mean, he's not. It's not a. What I mean by that, it's not a hierarchical structure where you have to like he can just make decisions and go. Absolutely yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Whereas I got to ask the board if I can do this. I got to ask legal. I mean, I joke about how I'm HR for right. my practice. Right. Jim Glidewell is legal and HR and all of these things, and maybe that's somewhat true, not true. Right, but it was. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not so much anymore. Right, but but he's. We were talking earlier today about why don't companies value podcasts? Yeah. Glidewell valued these clinical videos. We were sending them out back. DVDs. We're getting AOL discs in the mail and you're getting DVDs. Super expensive to send these out with no promo code on it to use it again. Just on faith that maybe this is going to help a dentist. Maybe this will improve the image of the lab, which I think really happened in the the 15 (laughs) years. Yeah, that I was there where it was just known for mail order. And then 15 years later, it's the technology leader. And a lot of that's Jim's commitment to it investing in that stuff but yeah i mean there there's no find another dental company that has a dentist working for them let alone you know and doing these and they're multi-billion dollar companies that make all clin- like glidewell to a certain degree doesn't make in the mouth mal- i mean i know they make re- lab restorations but in like these big companies make bonding agent they make composite restorations they make materials ancillary equipment and yet a lot of them don't have a dentist Leading them, I don't want to say leading them, giving them guidance. Yeah, just a committee of one. Yeah. Just somebody to say, I don't think dentists are going to go for this, or this is a problem dentists don't yeah. have. What we're, what we're trying to solve right here is, is I, don't, I, I don't think it's going to help anybody. And sometimes I was right, sometimes I was wrong, sometimes I got uh, outvoted. I pushed really hard to um, have the more aesthetic version of Bruxer be Bruxer anterior, yeah. because I really wanted to communicate to dentists where... 
you know, we wanted this 5Y material used. It didn't have the flexural strength right. of the 3Y full strength recorder. We got to tell them. And they were like, oh, we want to do Bruxer Aesthetic. I'm like, no, we got we to gotta tell them where to use it in the name and make sure they know this isn't the full strength stuff so they don't start using in it in the, the posterior. posterior yeah. It breaks, and then it gets the whole brand gets a bad right. reputation. So I finally, <laughs> I finally won that <laughs> argument. And then I would go on and do lectures, and I, I would talk about Bruxer Anterior. And, you know, about halfway through it, Dennis Han would go up, and i go, yeah. He go, can we use Bruxer anterior in the posterior? And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> it didn't work. They were right. We're telling you where to use it. Can I? Wait, say wait, that again. Maybe, can maybe, I, maybe the problem is, is he thought molars were anterior teeth from dental school. Well, that's, and then I came back and I said, we should name it Bruxer, not in the posterior. <laughs> we should not, like, make them have to come to a conclusion no, about or what we're or Bruxer 5 through 12. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, you know, that's just an example of Jim. I mean, a huge marketing department yeah. there. I mean, think about just the video department. Four full-time videographers yeah. working on stuff for the lab, and then James just shooting and editing all the clinical yeah. stuff and the case of the week and, and chairside live. I mean, it, it was a huge luxury mm -hmm. to have that, and that's really what you wanted with that job yeah. was the ability to sit down. And, of course, you have to film everything, yeah. and that's the problem because when you pick and choose a case to film – and say, oh, this is going to be great for a lecture. It may not it's, be. It, it's usually a kiss of death. And if you really want a case to go right on somebody you love, yeah. you know, like a family member, don't film it. It'll <laughs> turn out perfect. And you go, oh, my God, I can't You know, it's it. interesting because I was asking you in the car ride, how do I make it so I can just record everything I do? Because the best teaching moments as an education person come from places I didn't plan. Like, oh, I, did, I expect to take this tooth out. It's going to be simple. No need to record that. Oh, shit, it's missing the buckle yep. plate. Yep. Now we got to go in there. God, I really wish we learned that early, and yeah. we recorded every everything. patient, everything we everything we did, and then you would just pick and choose from, you know what? Ha that's how I got better as a dentist was seeing my stuff up on a yeah. huge screen. No, going, I, oh, those are when ugly I got margins. my Seric machine. You know, I have I have actually actually, and then I want to move forward a little bit. Is uh, I used to show in my lectures how I became a better dentist when. Uh, my crown prep from Glidewell Dental Lab was rejected from them for not being good enough really? for them to make a crown on it. Really? Yeah. I'll have to see if I can find it so I can show it to you. Oh, I'd love to tell you that yeah. was a prank, and I did that just as a, <laughs> I did that as a joke. That's weird to say that because, you know, some of the best preps we see come in there are from doctors who were doing chair-side cam. No, no, cam. this was before I had chair-side. Oh, chair got side. it. Okay, got this it, This was it. before I had chair-side. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, that cures that problem. When you have to be your own laboratory technician – Doctors who get in, really the fastest way, T-Bone, in my mind, you said earlier today, why do people come to our courses who don't have any, you know, who don't have at least a digital scanning unit? But my, you know, answer for me and answer for other people about the fastest way to become a better clinical dentist is to get involved with, with digital technology. Because when you blow your preps up, it's like posing naked next to a ruler. You know, you can come up with whatever excuse you want, but the truth is right there. And what you're, so that's the prep? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's a clear margin, right? Yeah. But on the, I, mean, I, I look at this and I'm so embarrassed. I mean, it's kind it. of a, is it a full crown? It's a full crown. On a okay. Well, that's totally under reduced. Oh, that, that's a premolar. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh yeah. Okay. That's uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that distal margin. That's super, that shoulder times two is tough. That is a little pointy on the mesial lingual too. And so, yeah, so that's what exactly what my preps used to look like. And so when I started putting them up, you know, onto the screen, I mean, that's why I had to figure out, okay, if I use a rounder to prep this gingival margin, well, at least work. I can get a uniform margin. And so I had to like, uh, prep, Here's a prep close by up numbers. Of it. 
Oh my God, that is that's uh, embarrassing. So look, so, so there's diamond marks on that. No, that's those are carbide marks. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T Bone here, bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course. It's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. Oh, those are carbide marks? I guess so. They're not cross-cut. But then it looks like there's a couple of marks where it looks like you took a rounder and slammed, <laughs> slammed it, it. Slammed it on. I'll give you this, though, with the exception of, I can't tell if that's a mesial margin where you yeah. can't see the sulcus. No, I see that shelf that you have there, but yeah, right there. I mean, decent. Did you pack cord? Was it two cords or one cord? No, I, not, no I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't use cord. Okay. I figured Gladwick will just find the margins. <laughs> well, I do think laboratory technicians are better trimming those yeah. things than um, dentists are. Because as dentists, if, you had to, if they sent that back to you to trim that margin, you would trim the dye to look like how you wanted it to look <laughs> exactly. in the mouth. Whereas the technician takes it and goes, all right, I'm just going to trim this dog shit, you know, yeah. where it goes. So at least there's, there's something that kind of fits on there. Um, yeah, and I don't know how retentive that prep was. So let me ask you, one of the questions I like to ask when I interview people is, have you ever had a patient swallow a crown or swallow anything? You know, I got to be honest with you. It's been a very long time. I haven't had it happen in private practice, <clears throat> but I had it happen senior year of dental school. And there was like a month and a half left in school. And my lady swallowed my gold crown that I needed to meet the requirement for gold crowns. <clears throat> so I paid her to go through her poop so I could get it and actually cement it so I could graduate, so I could meet the requirement for wow. dental school. I don't even know if that's <clears throat> legal today. Can you pay someone to go through their own poop? It I mean, feels like a bad scat porn video. I don't even... I, uh, listen, I mean... I think, feel like you what, get sued for... It's what it took to, to make it happen, right? What was it? It was probably like a $180 crown? No, Like it, dental this, school fees? No, no. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe but dental, dental school, school fees. Like, yeah, right, yeah, right. right. I got you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you know, we had to make the model. And, and it probably... I probably prepped it six months earlier. Right. It took me that long to pour the model, to section it, to ditch the dye, and, get, and get it to the laboratory. Right. And then, you know, they made it high. And right. I think they purposely made it bad so that you learn how to adjust. And then six months later, it's probably worse. And then who knows if the patient even had a temporary still. And, yeah, <clears throat> and, and had it been in private practice... 
Glidewell does have a no-fault remake policy, right, they, so it doesn't. They, it actually doesn't matter. What, they would have re, they would have remade that ground. They anyway. would have. They would have. Yeah, they absolutely would have. And then obviously today with um, you know with digital technology, yeah. it's been super easy for them to. Yeah, and well, the good news gold, now but, is with the digital technology, the crown would have been back in three days. And so, really, nobody in private practice has swallowed no, anything no, since. I've been very fortunate. Now you know that you know it's going to happen next week. So. Right. So we'll have to do an update. Yeah, but more than likely, they'll swallow an implant at this point. You know, I'm not doing a lot of restorative, tr- traditional restorative dentistry at this point. Some, but not a ton. So, yeah. I also like to ask people about the um, the First Life concert that they uh, saw. I feel like it's a, um, I don't know. It kind of says, it's it's usually slightly embarrassing, and it usually says something about somebody's like, uh, I feel like you can tell a lot about their about their leanings. Yeah. Like, like you know, Aaron's last week was was really great. Because, Which what is what was hers? So I can Well Aaron's uh, gorgeous and vivacious and yeah. uh you know just um really big on interpersonal reactions and I'm sure you know how men are, I'm, I'm sure. sure a lot of the men she talked to are just like I think she likes me, dude. dude I think she likes me. <laughs> and um but she's really very conservative when you talk right. to her about how, how she grew up and even her date you know dating history, it's it's God, I, I, I hope my daughters did as well as Aaron did. But her first concert was Amy Grant. Oh, very And so you're like, okay, religion, yeah, exactly, Christian, it wasn't, you know, Motley Crue, you know, it it wasn't uh, Black Sabbath or Ozzy or anything like that, so what's yours? My first uh, concert I went to in my life was 1993, I went to a, well, I I say Gwen Stefani concert, but it wasn't, I think she was with a band or (laughs) something. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, of course, Orange County's own No Doubt from Anaheim, California. So we went to that and what was amazing, I was so excited to go to this concert. I don't, I'm not even sure I knew who No Doubt was, to be right. quite frankly with you. I just was You happy. had a lot of doubt about who No Doubt was. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to go to a concert because I wasn't allowed to go to concerts growing up. Oh, that's interesting. Because, uh, well, I, tell me about your, um, you know, you're an, are you Indian American? Is that uh, what we say? Uh, we're just brown. <laughs> we're, we're just... I'm brown. I'm from India. I mean, <laughs> okay. I'm Indian, like from India, you know, right. dot, not feather. But you, <laughs> but you moved here when you were like, uh, two. yeah, two. like two years old. So I'm, I'm as white as you are pretty much. Right. Well, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I'm as American as you are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're not as, you kept saying today what a translucent dentist you were. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh no, transparent. transparent you, were saying, yeah. you weren't saying translucent. <laughs> you were saying transparent <laughs> because you do tell everybody the truth and actually brought your staff member up and had a really honest conversation about <laughs> how you made her so angry by, you know, thinking that you were going to hire a sleep apnea superstar. Like you had to go outside your practice right. to find Michael Jordan. And yeah. it was funny because as you told that story, I was thinking about pro teams mm-hmm. that try to assemble yeah. all these superstars together. It never works and because hardly, there's no chemistry. It rarely works. Right? right. And so what you ended up doing was then, you know, that didn't work and you promoted from within. And now you've yeah. got this, you've created your own. Yeah. Michael Jordan, who didn't start in college here Scottie in North Pippen, Carolina. Yeah. Scotty Pippen, still, that's pretty good, too. I mean, I'm the Michael Jordan. Just, just, I'm <laughs> we, we all know. I'm kidding. We I'm all know kidding. who's got the vertical, <laughs> the vertical leap no. in the office. No, I, you know, so. But tell me about growing up like a, as a, in an Indian family, because yeah, I'm sure it was different yeah, then. I've got us. so many stories. Are you kidding me? Well, tell me the best and the worst thing, maybe. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, well, you couldn't go to concerts. I know that. Yeah, like, so what, I, could, I couldn't go to concerts because bad things happen at concerts. Mm-hmm. Or they, my parents assume because they've never been to a concert either. Right. So we're um, talking sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Kind whatever, of okay. who knows? You're, you're just talking to other Americans. So they're like, you can't go to them because you might interact with other Americans. Uh, no, and my parents went that racist. But um, so I will tell you the worst story I remember. It's very embarrassing, actually. But it's looking back, it's funny. I remember 
I didn't. I wasn't allowed to have a car. Mm-hmm. So when I got when I became 16 and I was finally allowed to go out uh, with my friends, and um, I always had a curfew of nine o'clock. You know, in college, when I come home, I'm like my senior year of dental school. I'm coming home to visit my parents, and I'm going out with, my, with some friends. And my mom, like, you know, you have to be home by nine o'clock. <laughs> I'm like 23 years old, and she's like, yeah, you have to be by home by nine o'clock. What the hell? But nonetheless, um, I remember the, uh, a friend of mine <laughs> came and picked me up once, and he was kind enough to come to the door, you know, and everything. And then the second time he came to pick me up, he honked from the driveway and I'm like, hey dude, you know my mom, you know my you know my parents are weird. They want to make sure I'm actually going with who I said I'm going to. So you gotta come up because dude, last time we came to your house it smelled, you know, like like not not us. <laughs> and, right. and so I prefer to just come from the driveway. So I'm like, so you know, what growing up in a small town as a foreign person, you can people can call it racism. I just call it it's we're different. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, and so I, I I was I I always had the attitude that people shouldn't conform to me I should conform to the environment I'm in and maybe that's wrong maybe I don't know in today's no, probably I I I'm, you know, I'm, I shouldn't even comment on this as yeah. a white guy yeah you probably shouldn't <laughs> because so uh, yeah we've uh, we've had things pretty good our way yes, here in America uh, for the last couple hundred years well, did you guys like go on uh, vacations no. was it a pre- no, no, we 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 uh, we owned a motel, yeah. so if we, we really couldn't leave. So if we ever went on vacation, we went to visit family, uh, and so to this day, I, I'm I take vacations now because it's uh, it's funny you bring up vacations. I got to share a story, mm-hmm. okay? Um, uh, now when we go on vacation, it's my wife that forces us to go. Right. In my absolute not favorite. Can place I interrupt? To, yes. She's Indian as well. Yeah, of Mona. course. Right. Of course. Were her parents not as insanely strict as yours? No, but her dad was much more. Um, he was probably a black sheep of the Indian, Indian normal Indian personalities, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't. Grow, they they were physicians, so they, but they didn't grow up in a twenty four hour business. Got it. You okay. know, like the motel business is twenty four seven. Yeah, it's yeah. a family run operation, or the one we had was. So we were twenty four seven there. But my absolute non favorite place to go is Disney World, mm. and I hear your brother. There's lots of things about Disney in general, let's mm-hmm. call it, or theme parks. So recently, uh, because in, in the pandemic, there's not so many places you can go. You can't go international, a lot of different things. So we have a tendency to go to Florida. And uh, so we've been going to visit my mother-in-law. And my wife was like, you know, we've done that three times now. Let's do something different. And so, so she said, how about we go to Orlando? And I was like, God, like, I don't want to go to Orlando. And because I hate waiting in lines. I hate... I hate the insane amount of money right. that it costs to go. So, um, so, so to make it easier for me, Mona never lets me buy the tickets or any of that because I can promise you I won't go. And she's a psychiatrist. She's, a psychiatrist. she's, she's done well. We've done well. Right. You know, it's, money's not necessarily the but issue But she kind of has her own money she has access yeah, to where you don't actually even she, see it. She reminds me right. of that. She holds that in my face. Did you guys do the VIP experience where you get to go to the... Uh, so, this, so here we go. Okay. okay oh, so, oh, I don't want to so, step on your story. No, that's a, no, okay. no, but this, this is what happens, okay? So we're, when we go, we're a family of five, my, my, me, my wife, and our three kids, and we almost always take somebody else with us, whether it's my parents or friends or whatever it is, because we just like to have somebody take care of the kids pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we'll trade you <laughs> yeah. this free trip, or you think you'll be free, but you won't. You'll yeah, be babysitting right, exactly. Uh, so, so we always So we're a family of seven, essentially, at this point, right? So, so Disney World is $140 per person 
to get mm. in the park, right. not including parking and all that BS that goes with it. And I nonstop, my wife knows I drive. I don't like to be driven around. Uh, or I don't like her to drive me around. And uh, so we get there, and I'm already bitching about, why do we have to pay $25 to park here? And then she goes, well, it's cheap compared to what we paid for the tickets. And I'm like, what do you mean? How much do we pay for the tickets? And she goes, well, they're $140 a person. I'm like, so I did the math real quick. I'm like, that's $980. Right, I'm like, holy smokes. And then she goes, well, you know, it's fine. We'll go in. It's COVID. They won't be very busy. The lines will be short. We'll get the rides done, and we'll be out of here in a few hours. Sure enough, we go there, and it's, quote, unquote, 30%, 40%, 50% capacity. The lines are 80 minutes, 90 minutes long. And like clockwork, I complain and start complaining about the line, saying, I just don't want to do it. How much is the VIP experience? Right. And so I go up to the to the little because they have they're selling the VIP experience everywhere because they're smart. Oh really? Oh, like, they, it used to be like an off the menu, like an In and Out Burger no, thing. No, where I'm, you had well, maybe I'm called Fast Pass. I call that the VIP experience. Okay, the Express Fast. Oh no, there's Pass. one more expensive than that. Though. I'll yeah, tell you about in a minute. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm familiar with that. I okay. did that in Legoland. Okay. <laughs> so, I, but anyway, there it was fine, I guess. Um, so we went there, and I went to the lady, hey, hey, how much does this Express Cat Pass cost? She goes, oh, it's $235. I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm going, well, I already paid $145, so I guess $60, $70 more is okay. So I go, times seven, I'm like, God, that's a lot of money. But, you know, like, all right, it's $400. I don't have to listen to the bitching and moaning. And From yourself. From myself, <laughs> exactly. pretty much. And, and I go, all right, I'll do it. I'll I'll take seven, and the lady goes, "That'll be fifteen hundred dollars." I'm like, "I'm like, I already paid one hundred forty dollars of the two hundred thirty. She goes, "No, it's two hundred thirty dollars additional oh. per person." Okay, mm. so of so I absolutely say, "You're out of your mind." So I absolutely say, "No, we can't do this." Okay, so then I go back to my wife and. I go, listen, I'm not doing it. Was it was sold down. No, 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 I just say, you know, I said, Mona, why did you even let me go there? You know good and well I'm not going to spend that kind of money because I just don't believe in it. She goes, oh, no problem. So unbeknownst to me, <clears throat> she had, uh, there's, there's a, a value in having friends, right? So um, she had asked her friend to write a letter, a medical letter, that said that I had rheumatoid arthritis, which I do, mm-hmm. that I was unable to walk, and that I uh, suffer from uh, heat affliction, mm-hmm. where I, some kind of thing. And she um, made me go uh, back to the front of the park and go to the medical department and get a, um, a handicap deal where you can get automatically don't have to wait in line. So, okay. so now I have to go there so I can get this thing. And then if, you have, if you're handicapped, well, I don't know the correct term for it, your whole family gets fast pass essentially okay, sure. for free, right? Right, but I'm not handicapped clearly, right? I'm like, oh my god, this is so bad. I feel so bad. Blah blah blah. And she makes me do this, and then, <clears throat> then she makes me say, listen, you can't. You have to walk like you have a problem. So you have to kind of play the part. And then the next thing you know, she goes, um, <clears throat> I've went ahead and rented you a scooter over there so that you can ride around in a scooter so that so it looks real. Like one of these ones at the supermarket. Yeah, so, right. so, so I go over there, give them my 50 bucks, and, and she makes Did me... Did you fake the limp on the way over there? Yeah, of course. Okay, and good, so good. she makes me ride around in a scooter at Disney World so that the kids could get a free Fast Pass. So now I've gotten my $1,500 Fast Pass for $50 plus the letter from our friend, right? Right, and a lifetime of... Yeah. Of, yeah. No, of no. shame about... It. No, well, no, okay, no, so, so here's the rule. I said, all right... I'll do this, but you cannot take a picture of me. It's not funny. I don't want to do this. 
just don't take a picture of me. You're taking one for the team. I'm, right. I'm clearly taking And what's so sad is, is she goes, I mean, didn't your parents do this? I'm like, yeah, they did the one time we went to Disney World. And she goes, yeah, my dad used to do it all the time. Because, it, you know, he, he would never never pay $1,500 or whatever it was, you know, equivalent at exactly, the time. Right. So, <clears throat> so anyway, we're going through, and about two and a half hours later, I get a text from my Patterson rep saying, really? And then I'm, and I'm like, and then I, you know, I can see the, the wheel spinning. And then next thing you know, there's a picture of me on this scooter. Oh, God. And, your, and, your Patterson rep was at... No, no, no. He got, he said... One of my other clients just texted me this. And oh. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. Hashtag T-bone rolls or something <laughs> like that. It doesn't walk. So I'm like, oh my God. So then I get irate and I go to Mona and, and Meredith, who's with me at the time. She was our babysitter for yeah. the trip yeah. and uh, for the kids. And uh, I go, which one of you sent this picture to Chuck? Which one of you did it? I said, this is not funny. And they go, we didn't do it. So apparently some, and by the way, we're wearing masks, right? Some dentist had recognized me and followed me around saying, that can't be him, and took a picture of me in the stupid scooter and sent it to Chuck. And I'm like, oh my freaking God, this, I'm so embarrassed that, you know, here I am, the guy with successful right, practice, right. speaker, all this stuff. So in one story, I'm That's not the worst of it. The worst of it is you, like, you know, play. I'm surprised you guys didn't have a handicapped parking spot out front. I no, mean, because if I had gone through all of this, I would have done that, too. <laughs> I, know. I mean, why, why even have to walk three quarters across the parking lot? Just saying, if there's an afterlife, I don't know what you're going to do for a living in the next one, but it's going to be, like, sewer-related. So, so it is embarrassing, but yet a humble brag in one little story, because the embarrassing part <laughs> right. is, is that I actually went through with this to save some money, of course. And then the humble brag is that I got recognized in Disney World. Right. And uh, so anyway. I, so. Like that. I like that you think that you having a mask on would make you unrecognizable. <laughs> I mean, you're just I'm like, a, just I'm the, the outline of you, the, the silhouette the of you. By the way, those carts don't go more than one and a half miles per hour. <laughs> right. Well. <laughs> well, you thought this was going to be like a performance model I that you were getting. I thought it was going to be awesome. Like, oh, I'm going to just zip around all these things. Oh, your, wasn't your self-esteem like? Uh, hey, listen, why are you rubbing it in? Did you uh, <laughs> at any point? Did you have like like? Did you get a coffee and have a coffee cup and somebody walked by and put a dollar in <laughs> no, like at one point? Because they oh, I did that at uh, 2016 Serona World. One of our buddies, one of the sales reps, had a uh, had a cast because he broke his leg or something. So he had one of those things. So I rode around and that thing was fast. And I went around. <laughs> Jiggling my cup, looking for donations, looking for donations. I'm going to die in hell for all of this. I'm sure of it. Uh, you know, there was a the Simpsons episode where Homer sees somebody in a wheelchair, and he's just so angry with himself. He goes, God, like a sucker, I've been using my legs this whole time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you saved a ton of like, time, I guess, in these lines. Yeah, because what's even better is I didn't have to go in the line anymore. Because, because, right. because part of the problem with the 70-minute line isn't that I'm even – like, I'm going to ride the ride. I don't ride any rides. Is that my wife won't let me let the kids stand in the line alone for 70 right. minutes. So I have to stand with them, get right. to the front of the line, and then walk myself out. So with the fast pass, I don't even have to do that. I just right. literally walk they up. They actually wheel you into the back of the ride, right? Don't they wheel you into the exit? No, no. Well, the beauty of it is I just went up to the fast pass line okay. with the, as the handicap and say my kids would like to go. And the kids went. Oh, so you didn't even, go on, you didn't even go on the ride. I just wheeled around. Oh, see, going. I was hoping you got out and then had to do the limp like into Space <laughs> no, Mountain and then you'd limp no. on the way out. 
Oh no! It's, uh, oh, it's so that. By the way, so as you great example of, you set for the kids there. Yeah, by the way, too. Well, <laughs> listen, I want them to keep some. So I, I believe that. Uh, I guess I'm first generation. And my wait, kids, wait, wait. So is that thing you just did right there? Is that more Indian or is that more American? What? Uh, pretending to be handicapped to save oh, money. Very on, Indian. Oh, the very Indian. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I, very okay. Indian. Okay, I couldn't Indian. tell if that was no, like no. American ingenuity no, or where that, what culture. That like, was like from. growing up, we used to bring food to Disney World, mm-hmm. so that because, dude, have you paid? Have you seen what they charge? I paid eleven dollars for a churro. Not us. And a Mickey we Mouse ice cream Indian sandwich. Indian food, and and I I can't remember if at the time they would. My parents would say, uh, "Tell them that you only eat religious food." And that's why we have this, so that we wouldn't, like, because at the time, they wouldn't right. let you bring it bring in. Your own food. You had to eat and drink at the park, so we would bring it in, and we'd bring, like, water in, and, like, we only drink religious water. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Religious you know? water. <laughs> so, so that Even way- Catholics don't bring holy water <laughs> in to drink it. Um, you know, we've, we've done a, a fair amount of speaking uh, together back mm-hmm. in the Serona days, and it was... Uh, it was really great, you know, some of those times where we're on those multi-speaker um, lineups. And so you've been, um, you've been doing a ton of dates for years, too. I'm wondering if you have a, uh, a best day as, mm-hmm. as, a, as a speaker. And yeah. I think I might know when it is, but I, I have no idea, actually. Yeah. I'm just guessing. And a worst day. I, I wonder yeah. if you have one of each. Well, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the benefits of speaking with companies is a, a good relationship, on my eyes, with working with a company is that when there's a mutual benefit, Okay. Yeah. So I never got paid to speak at Densply Serona World. Right. Uh, and maybe others no did. No one did. No, okay, no, 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 no. No one did. I'm just trying to figure out. Well, no, no one did. Richard Branson didn't get paid. <laughs> well, he know? got $300,000, yes. but he donated it all to charity. To his own charity. Jerry Seinfeld did not. <laughs> yeah, but it, I feel like it was arm's length. Yeah, I sure, think, yeah. sure, probably. I mean, he's a billionaire. Right. I mean, whatever, you know. They deserve it. They've done some yeah. amazing things. But <clears throat> one thing I loved about working with Densply and continue to work with them to a certain, certainly at a lesser degree now, is that... They always, if you performed well and, and, and did your part, in a sense, they always, always gave you opportunities. And so my greatest day as a speaker was, uh, I don't remember the date, it was September or October 2019 at Densply Serona World in uh, 2019 in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I, they had called me, I remember Adam Bush and Ingo had called me and says, hey, you know, we want to do, as you know, they do a live patient procedure mm-hmm in the main stage while, you know, while during the TED Talks are going on. And, and they go, we really want to do something. And, you know, we've done implants and all of that, but we want to do something a little bit more. And they had pitched me some ideas with, like, doing a veneer case and all this. I said, listen, do you guys trust me? Here's what I think we can do. I will extract a jaw of teeth, place six implants, and to put a temporary restoration on in two and a half hours on live TV in front of 7,000 people. And so my greatest moment was, A, being dumb enough to do it. Yeah, yeah, okay? that's, uh, that's risky. And then, uh, and then actually being able to execute it. And uh, my only regret with that day it was, it was about two hours. Was that I wasn't there? That's no, true. That, ahead, that is a absolutely Listen, absolutely it was no, a regret. Um, but um, <clears throat> my regret of the day was I had my ending line that I wanted to end everything with, but they ran out of time and cut me off. And what <laughs> I wanted to tell people was, was in the time that most people do a single crown, I just did a $30,000 procedure. And that's not, that wasn't a saying how great I am. That was me saying, I want us all and to And you gra- can too. Right. right. And, I, and I want us all to understand, you can do it, and we want to graduate as we progress in dentistry. Right. 
you know, and, and get out of this rat race that was developed in the 80s and 90s in dentistry of, you know, having dual entry, hopping from chair to chair and doing all of that, that, that in the same time, there's a reason specialists are the most highest paid uh, within dentistry because they're doing procedures that get paid at the highest levels and general dentists can't do that. And technology, more importantly, opens the door for general dentists to do that uh, and achieve things they never thought possible and achieve, the, achieve them at a very high level. So without question, uh, I don't know how I will over or outdo that. I don't know how those I, meetings were almost every speaker's yeah. top moment. Of oh, course, mine absolutely. was ho- was hosting them or actually just speaking at yeah. uh, at twenty at twenty seven and a half. Um, you know, we were talking about that and we looked at a minute of it um, earlier because you wanted to see a picture of, uh, <laughs> of what I looked like uh, uh, on stage um, uh. at that time and. Uh, you know, the, those were the the highlights of um, a lot of it. So hopefully a meeting comes back, um, you know, live again. I'm, I don't know how it uh, uh, couldn't. And hopefully they continue to be able to um, sell enough stuff there to justify the, you know, million and a half dollar entertainment uh, budget they've always had. But that's really where the live surgery came from because, yeah. um, I mean, how do you top uh, Jerry Seinfeld yeah. and One Republican Imagine Dragon? I mean, how do you, how do you top it on the main stage. Yeah. I mean, the Ted talks are good, but, um, you know, the high wire act now becomes, yeah. and I, I, I didn't know at the time because we were just doing like single plant, single, single tooth implants. implant stuff too. So for you to do that, I, I would have been kind of worried, but I would have also been, um, you know, if a couple of things happened, so it was real world and you were mm-hmm. kind of, you know, adapting on sure. the fly, uh, to make it work, that could have been, you know, good too, as, as long as it was, um, authentic and uh you know so you swing for the stars and you end up like a little bit lower you have a worst day any uh you know my worst day was very early in my career and it's not necessarily funny it's a it's a real (laughs) it's not it's not it's not funny it's a um it's a important lesson um that um that sometimes my worst day wasn't the day of speaking it was the day after uh when uh a couple of the uh, people that hired me to speak had to have a conversation with me about some of the uh, cultural comments I would make uh, that that offended people. Mm-hmm. And part of my initial reaction was, man, who cares? You know, it's just a few people. But ultimately, you, you don't want to develop the reputation of being insensitive, but you also want to be true to who you are. So that that hit me hard uh, to get that because I felt I left my... I let. You know, honestly, and this kind of gets into God knows what, the first thing I thought of wasn't that, oh, I might lose my uh, my position as a speaker or, or future uh, future events. The first thing I thought of was I probably let my parents down. <laughs> I was going to say that for a joke. Yeah. I was yeah. going to no, say that for a joke, and no, I didn't want to interrupt you. No, that's the first thing I thought of. Like, my parents would be so disappointed in me. Um, what was this lecture televised and they might have been watching no, it? No, How no, but, <laughs> but like, you know, just because, right. you know, not that they would be disappointed that they heard about it, right. but that that I did that. And my first thought was, God, I've let them down, even though, you know, they don't know about it or whatever right. it may be. But and, and that has a lot to do with the cultural differences of growing up in a country as a foreigner or whatever it may be. Right. And, and look, I love America. I think it's a great country. I hate some of the things it's becoming or has become or whatever you want to do, say about that. But 
it's amazing. And it, at the same time, I think it, it, there's a reason immigrants succeed. Number one, we stack the deck in our favor. Right. Okay. We typically, the cream of the crop come over. Okay. Like that story from uh, the song from Hamilton. Yeah. Right. Uh, exactly. About the, it's just an amazing story about you know, immigrants. We do it, you know, we, yeah. we try harder. Right. We, well, well, number one, we stack the deck because the best, the be, some of the best of the best come over. Right. Okay. And number two, we have no choice but to survive, right? And, and you know, jokingly, and I, I hope my mom was joking uh, when she would say these things to me. She's like, I, you know, when I didn't study or something like that, she'd say, you know, you want to grow up to be better than them, right? And I, I Them I, white people? Just Americans in general. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, because, you know, we lived in this, just, I, I, don't, I don't want people to think less of me for these things, or certainly, certainly not less of my parents. No, no you're, 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 come on, your, yeah. your parents, you know, came over from, uh, they, they were insanely strict. I mean, it's yeah. not, you know, th- thinking, having these things occur to you in your mind, mm-hmm. and maybe even saying them to your family, is just so much different than saying them, out loud. Yeah. I mean, it was so crazy. I, I lived here for two years in, in Charlotte, not right. in Raleigh, um, working for um, Serona and then Splice Serona. And, um, you know, so to come back again, it was interesting to the see. The company it. formerly known as Serona. Probably, <laughs> it sounded like Prince. Yeah, well, it was like, <laughs> you know, I, I went to work for the coolest company in dentistry, yeah. and I felt like they were purchased by the uncoolest company <laughs> in dentistry. And I don't know that the, you know, the corporate cultures, you know, would have ever mixed. Yeah. It was oil and water. And um, so it was so funny to, you know, kind of be back. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's been a long time. And um, you were nice enough to um, pick me up uh, at the airport and then make fun of me for wearing a mask outside. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where are we? But, but you know, like in, in California. And then uh, we're driving to this. Um, so you've been, like you said, really successful in dentistry. Mm-hmm. And you've bought this insane retreat where we're having this lecture and everybody's staying if they want the vip experience which by the way the course is the course the Mm -hmm. course is what happens when you're sitting in in the lecture room this unbelievable garage where this guy used to remodel cars it's got the coolest vibe i've ever uh, i've ever felt in a lecture room i was cracking up because at the end of the lecture to open the door (laughs) at the end of the lecture you used a garage door opener (laughs) and the garage but i mean this is an insanely nice garage this guy the cabinets everything Everything. this guy was first class Absolutely fastidious. Which is great that somebody else did it, because there's no way an well, Indian would have spent that, that kind of no, money. <laughs> not at all. There would have been Ikea stuff. Uh, not even. Not even not Ikea. Not even. It would have been stuff we took out of one of our old holiday <laughs> oh, inns. exactly. <laughs> yeah, bed bug infested, like a cabinets from yeah. the Roach Motel. Um, but, but, you know, so there was the lecture. Yeah. But the cool part was, you know, if you do the VIP experience and you're staying in the lodge is, like, the, the conversation yeah. that happened um, afterwards. Because, you know you are standing up in front of people and you can tell the truth, but it's when you start talking and people who the attendees start sharing about their practice and their struggle and what's their stopping point and what's happened and what employee it is. And you, and you get this um, amazing interaction uh, yeah. between them. So I'm, I'm a huge uh, proponent. If you get the chance to come out and take a 3d class, uh, do it early, sign yeah. up early so you can stay um, in the lodge. And if it's full, I don't know, camp, set up a pup tent on the front lawn or, or, yeah, or something or stow away, you know, somewhere in there yeah, or lock yourself in, in the garage. <laughs> yeah, try to try to sneak in um, at, at night and stay in uh, the room. All the rooms are named. I was in Sinus Lift. Yeah. And uh, Sinus Lift, thank you, by the way, very nice with a private bathroom. No um, drapes or window covering on the bathroom. So as I'm standing there looking at the garage, I'm like, <laughs> Can they see me? I'm always wondering. Like, and I hear well, people how's in the hot that any tub, different like, than a, hotels 
especially in Vegas, where you can see the other room on the 17th floor. Right. Across. Because I was the one being looked at. Yeah. I, I wasn't with the binoculars <laughs> doing uh, doing the looking. But to your point about um, America, it was so weird to be in this car with you driving back to this, you know, multi-million dollar you have to call it an estate. Yeah, you know, it's, an, it's on a, a lot of land. Sure it's, it, I wouldn't call it an estate. Uh, well, yeah. if you're from California, it's that's an estate. estate. Yeah, it's more than a uh, fifth of an acre. <laughs> and um, we're driving. And as we're driving about a mile away from there, we both kind of look. And there's a Confederate <laughs> flag in the front lawn. And I, you notice I ducked. As I, I was thinking, is, are we okay? I'm fine. I know I'm yeah. fine. But I'm in the line of fire <laughs> from this house to... Uh, T-bone, so I'm trying to put my seat back as quick, and I pull it and lean back as quickly as I could. And so it's like, well, what what would that person think of somebody like you, you know, um, coming over? I mean, your dad was a dentist in India, which was fascinating. He wasn't when he came over here because of boards, but, you know, having uh, trouble taking the boards, and... uh, and, but ended up being like a denture tech in an office and yeah. doing dental stuff, which ended up inspiring you and your brother, I think, mm-hmm. to to go Absolutely. into this field. But it's like such a, you know, it was such a weird thing because I'm so proud of what you've been able to achieve um, by building this training center of your own and your vision for what you want to do. And it's um, it's a little heartbreaking to see a Confederate flag. I mean, it's not it's very not heartbreaking charming. to me. Well, see, I, I don't, I don't. I think I, that I is can't a, go. Hey, that's America. No, well, I maybe I'm brainwashed. I don't think a Confederate flag stands for racism, and, and I probably faced. That's true. That could be a California racism. bias of mine. Oh, just I, you know, I just I don't I don't look at it that way. I just think those that's what they grew up with. I understand. And that's okay. Right. You know, I don't feel it's a it's a beautiful area, so it's not even unsafe. Right. But it's just. Those kind of things don't. I don't know. Maybe it's just. That's a good point. I mean, I didn't grow up here with that, and so I was always taught. This yeah, is what I just. It means. Maybe and maybe that's is what it means. I don't. I don't know personally. I think if you have one in California, that might be what it means. <laughs> what it means, it yeah. feel, does feel more organic here. Yeah. Oh, I'll well, give you that. I, I just maybe I've always just been able to let that stuff hit me and roll right off right. because it, it was semi normal uh, in in the time that I grew up here. You know, in the eighties and in right. rural North Carolina. Uh, that maybe that was pretty normal, and it just just seemed normal to me. But you know, uh, it's like that that beautiful video that Jonathan made for me uh, for for uh, as a speaker intro. Um, my life experience of growing up in that in my town, in my experience, in my culture, is the exact reason I am what I am today, for good and bad and whatever it is. It is the reason, and I will be forever grateful to my parents, uh, to my family, to all those around me uh, who have allowed me to be what I am today. Right. And because and, you wouldn't have without all the that volcano, yeah, of all would, those forces, we, we, we would, none of us would be right. And I, I yeah, I look at that too. Like um, <laughs> somebody in the sleep course today said. Um, I can never remember my dreams. And everybody was like, oh. I'm like, I can't remember the first 10 years of my life. Were you people ooing and aahing at her not being able to remember? From last night, you know? So I literally can't remember anything before um, about the age of, of 10. And my aunts, my dad's sisters, have filled me in on, on things that happened. You know, me being yelled at or hit or whatever that I can't, literally can't remember. Um, but they've seen it. So I believe it's true. Um, 
one of the things was, you know, my mom used to tie me to the bed because I would sleepwalk. And she, she uh, tied me because she said the pediatrician said to do this. He was probably joking. It was probably like you. He was like, oh, time to the bed. It'll be fine. Yeah. But my aunt said I, it broke my heart to see it. She said I saw the restraints where your mom would tie you to the bed, which explains why, you know, I always have to sleep with one foot out from, like, under the covers. It's almost like so an escape. Yeah, and that's basically why I pulled off the sleep study <laughs> in the middle because I felt like I was being strangled by a very weak man just from, like, the plastic right. tubes. Um, going around there, and so when you when you say that your first reaction was, uh, my uh, oh god, my parents would be so embarrassed that yeah. that this happened at this lecture. I know I'm still like when I was let go from Dancefly mm-hmm. Serona. I know that the the reaction I had, uh, the the fight or flight kind of abandonment thing, goes back to to that. And I've done talk therapy for probably uh, eight or nine years, and I've made a lot of progress. Things have gotten a lot better in my life, so I've kept going. But I've never really been into tap into this thing in my past that I know still causes anxiety in my life today. Uh, that can't really be explained. Or you know, people, a lot by of people can't else. understand it even. Right, right. Yeah. They can't they can't really uh, understand it because it doesn't seem like the circumstances that you're living in would justify this. But when you hear somebody talk about PTSD and things getting wired weird in your brain during this, you know, traumatic event or events um, that happened, your, your, your brain kind of goes on this fight-or-flight response in the absence mm-hmm. of, of any real threats. And, of course, that's anxiety and, and panic attacks and, and things like that. And so it makes me – it doesn't make me. So as a result, um, sometimes I engage, and it can be for years at a time, in kind of self-destructive mm-hmm. behaviors. Not, nothing as, like, outwardly obvious as, like, cutting sure. or anything like that. But it, it takes the form of, like, overeating and drinking, mm-hmm. and so I've gained, and I and I said this to you, um, you know, kind of unannounced when when we got to the lodge on Thursday night that um, I've been struggling for the last six nine months uh, to kind of get I don't want to call it willpower, but just the dedication, motivation to the motivation to lose the weight again. And I looked back years and years ago when I lost like forty pounds. And it was actually a weight loss contest at Glidewell. And so it was kind of fun that we were um, doing this together. And then there was, wasn't this picture? There was money on the line. That is, um, yeah, that's probably before. See those jowls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, if, if that guy would have showed up, and I wasn't shaving my head yet. I was just cutting it close. Um, but if I had, if that, there's, yeah, post, yeah, yeah. Says post weight loss. And that's really where I should be. I've got narrow wrists. I'm not supposed to be big. But had, I, had that guy been in the lecture... Aaron would have been using me as a neck example throughout the whole thing. Um, uh, And so uh, I I, I was like, God, what is, you know, how am I going to find this motivation again? You know, and um, it kind of occurred to me at the same time I've been thinking about, um, I don't know if it's my age or what, but um, I'd rather watch a stand-up comedy special or, or comedy clips on YouTube or cycling, you know, uh, podcasts or video podcasts on YouTube um, then really dive into social media. Mm-hmm. It's just, it just hasn't run my motor for whatever reason. But I've also realized that, like I said, I blew it by not, while well, I was at Glidewell, building Your my own brand. brand. Of course, I've got videos out there I've been seen like sure. three million times so, by Dennis So the beauty the for world. you is you can leverage those older videos and you, you have an acceleration to where you should be. Um, I, I, I have shown that um, I can create um, content mm-hmm. that is interesting. But you still need... Like in the case of Glidewell, that right. big marketing pipeline yeah. to get it out to people, so you have a chance 
for it to do it if you just kind of put it on in your own. So I was thinking, well, I'd like to find something that really would engage me long-term on social media just because it's helpful when you're consulting with companies to be able to have a, a presence or have, you know, people who you can share a things brand. with. Uh, yeah, a brand, I guess, even though I'm not – I don't love how um, – that sounds, and I don't love that to have a brand, you have to have these followers on, on social media because it's like, well, didn't I already, wasn't all those 15 years of clinical videos and all that speaking, <laughs> creating a brand, and also yeah. that counts for nothing in this new world, and maybe it doesn't, but that's when I came up with, oh, what worked for me in that Glidewell weight loss contest was the accountability right. uh, because it wasn't even my money. It was my girlfriend at the time's <laughs> money because every, no one else would do a $5,000 weight loss contest sure. with me. They're like, oh, wives won't let us do that. I'm like, I'm not, not when they paying. make $6 a unit. Well, no, these were, these were executives. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> not far from the truth, but I'm kidding. <laughs> this, uh, well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like, um, it's like your assistant. Right. They get a base salary that's right. low, and then they get paid for as many crowns as they make, but they don't yeah. get paid for remakes. Right. So it's all about being quick but not doing a crappy job so that you have to re- remake it and waste that time so there was the accountability because we'd have these Mm weigh-ins and it was also kind of the community or the fellowship that we were kind of doing this together and we give each other like a hard time when somebody else was like eating a couple extra whatever at lunch because we had lunch together a lot of the days too and I thought oh I should do this weight loss online Mm -hmm. I should document this and just put it out there including pictures of me standing without my shirt on just in shorts like on the scale Mm -hmm. and the number and um, and then like changing to these clean diets and, and taking pictures and hopefully when I want to have whatever macaroni and cheese or something like that it'll be the thought of you know having to post this that's going to give me no that's that's yeah. too embarrassing or or maybe I do and You're go oops down. Sl- yeah, oops slip today yeah. and it's just one thing that doesn't mean it has to be a whole string of um, defeats and I thought you know and uh, I'd like to start. I've always wanted to start meditating. Like, my parents were kind of hippies in a weird way. They took us to Transcendental Meditation when we were in eighth grade. And it was just like, it was weird because it was so young and it didn't make sense. And if you put an eighth grader alone in a room for a half hour, you know what's going to happen. He probably won't meditate. (laughs) It rhymes with meditate, um, but he's probably not going to, I don't know, at least me. That's how Wait, so I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you just say your parents took you to a transcendental chair? <laughs> That's right. That's right. To the treatment units from Sarana. No, it was a full-on transcendental meditation with the Maharishi Mahesh Yoga uh, uh, picture, Yogi picture up on the wall, like it was the you know we were with the Beatles and uh, and um, you know we, you weren't supposed to tell your mantra to anybody. And my brother and I was like, "What's your mantra?" And we had the same one. And we we're like, "Oh, this is bullshit." You know, we yeah. just did. So we kind of just missed it, kind of you know cynically. Back in the day, and then I hear Jerry Seinfeld, Howard Stern, all kinds of people saying meditation is what keeps them sane and how powerful it is. And, um, you know, I struggle with it when I, when I do it, but I can do it. Part of it's because of those first 10 years of my life. Right. Um, I'm good at dissociating, you know, and like I'm not here right. and, and turning off my brain and being able to, you know, maybe not think of anything, but I'm not sure that's what the mindfulness of meditation Really is, but I could see you maybe struggling yeah. because of your brain sure. moving so quick. In fact, I bet every time you would sit down to meditate, you'd be asleep in 30 yeah, seconds. I would. Because like Neil Brennan's joke, all T-Bone needs to fall asleep is a bite of a sandwich and a moment of silence. That's it. And then the T-Bone's just uh, unconscious. And um, so I'd like to put that out there as, as well, that I'm going to start meditating and kind of just put out the journal of doing it because that will keep me kind of accountable to like, I said I was going to do this. What I don't want to do is say I'm going to do it and then not. I don't like that idea right. when I commit to something. Well, it's about gamifying. Yeah, basically. It's, a, it's, it's like gamifying, and it's, um, 
And so like to exercise things too, you know, just a picture and just kind of sharing it. And then hopefully um, finding other dentists who, who want to do this. When yeah. I talked about weight loss before on uh, Chairside Live, Dennis would write in and go, hey, man, I, I, you look great. I just did my first 10K. I lost 20 pounds. Yeah. I started doing this. And we weren't even really connecting because YouTube was kind of right. the only thing back then. And so I feel like now it kind of be fun. And so I sat down yeah. and I said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to, I'm going to tag you on it. And it's yeah. not like a competition. Um, it's just like, um, you know, maybe we can do this together and, um, and see who else wants to kind of sure. join this. I always wanted to do this at, at Serona world and DS world. I, I wanted to kind of be like this thing where people come and we we're going to have a ton of fun too, yeah. but maybe it could act as a motivation to help che people change their lives. So I thought it'd be great to do kind of a biggest loser by the mm -hmm. office with a huge industrial scale where the whole office gets on the same time. So you don't see what anybody mm -hmm. weighs. And then again, this isn't about, this is just getting to your, your ideal weight, whatever right. that is for you. I mean, it's not about being, you know, oh, super desired or whatever. Weight. Your desired weight, you know, yeah. where for me, it's really clear. I've taken three sleep studies before. Mm -hmm. When I'm overweight, I snore. When I'm at my right weight, I do not snore. I mean, it, it is for me yeah. kind of about, I don't have central apnea. Well, I, it's one of the treatments for sleep apnea, lifestyle change. Right, exactly. And uh, no, everybody would rather just uh, <laughs> take a pill, take a pill yeah. or uh, maybe put a, a splint in, maybe, maybe a CPAP, who knows. And I thought I'd like to share this stuff. And then I thought, you know what? Um, I'd like to also share, you know, my friend, our friend, mm -hmm. Josh Austin, uh, has been really open um, about his um, struggles mm -hmm. with, and and he and I. It's one of the things that brought us together, and um, and Josh has talked about going to therapy and stuff like that. And I've really never talked about it. And I think I should talk about this more. And because the um, talk therapy really hasn't worked, I want to. I really, I'd like to do ayahuasca. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, I've got a guy. Not I mean, not that does I. I got a dentist friend of mine who goes. Once or twice a year, I'll right. put you in touch with him. Well, he'll take you. Yeah, that see that makes me a little nervous. Where are we going? Peru, Bolivia, I, Costa yeah, Rica. I don't know. Okay. Costa Rica. Okay. But yeah, but that I I feel like. Um, but he I, survived and come back I'll three or four times. I know, so, I know, yeah. no, so have other people. But <laughs> my favorite comedian, I already mentioned him once, Neil <laughs> Brennan, uh, lifelong atheist, mm -hmm. does ayahuasca, believes in God now, and uh, <laughs> I swear to God, I swear to God, I mean, not like in capital G O D, yeah. not the Catholic faith, God. Right. But this connection between everybody, and yeah. just, or whatever, some sort of higher power right. or something like that. And uh, it's been pretty unbelievable because I've listened to his podcast for a long time. And to hear him experience this growth and other people as well, that freaks me out a little bit. You know, I'm not an illicit drug kind of person. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have uh, Watson Pharmaceuticals in Corona, <laughs> California, making my Vicodin for me with right. their high-quality standards. Um, so I'm going to do um, ketamine. And okay. so there's these ketamine clinics around that do IV ketamine. Yep. It's a 40 to 60 minute treatment. And I wish I could remember which like limbic system it stimulates in the brain, but it actually kind of um, creates uh, allegedly healing connections in the brain. I'm just willing to try more stuff, yeah. you know. So typically these, these, so I know a little bit about this because of my wife's profession as a psychiatrist. So typically ketamine is used for major depressive disorder. So so, so is depression one of one of the challenges for you? You know, I've um, my my therapist has or always of depression. My my therapist has always insisted that I am not depressed, um, okay. but that it's um, um, anxiety, which really takes the um, really what I have is something called depersonalization, okay. derealization. That's kind of the, that's the syndrome I have, where there's kind of this break with reality and it does go into a panic attack panic attack because it's like 
I, I can't even explain it, but it's a de- it's like you're not a person anymore. Like you're separated and you've just, lo- it, it's, it's re- you almost have to read up about it. And even that doesn't do a, a great job of it as a result, kind of, of whatever I can't remember for the first 10 years of my life. That's clearly, you know, my brain, because I talk to my kids, they remember everything. Most people do uh, some At stuff after four or five. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, like a, a wall built up and I can't get through that. And so now I'm willing to try some other stuff. So it's, it's really not, um, depression as much as it is um, um, the PTSD and the anxiety and this depersonalization. I wish my wife were here right now because we do ketamine yeah, like, treatment oh, in really? our practice, but we do Spravato. It's a spray treatment. It's a nasal spray. It's called Spravato? Spravato. Oh, yeah. That's so a brand good. name of it. That's, uh, that's so, almost as good as Algenaut or <laughs> Bruxer. Yeah. yeah, Bravado and spray. Spravato. Yeah. It sounds so, like a, a salad dressing, too. But maybe if she's free, we're going to have her come to dinner. I'd love for you guys to talk. You know, um, Tell her to bring some ketamine. I'd like to experience <laughs> well, it tonight at the, bar- yeah, at the yeah. barbecue uh, place. Uh, so I want to share that. There's also, like, yeah. transcranial you know, yeah. magnets that TMS. can be used. Yeah. So we're getting one of those. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it looks like I'll be flying to North Carolina yeah. for all this stuff. So... Can I stay at the retreat if I see your yeah, wife? Yeah, you can stay okay. at the house even. So, um, listen, um, I think what, what, you, what you're saying and what I've been talking about for a long time, certainly what Josh has been talking about, is this unwritten part of dentistry for sure and life and people in general is people aren't willing to share <clears throat> the vulnerable aspects. And what it does is it only creates more and more of an issue for other people because people like me and you, people that are seen as being successful, as being at the top of the profession from whatever level or, 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 or uh, aspect that you look at it, <clears throat> we have demons too. We have problems. I suffer from depression. I've been on depression medication God knows how long at this point. And I, I come on, and every time I feel better, I'm like, oh, it's time to take it off. And then sure enough, like a few months later, I'm like, time to get back on. And... Um, <clears throat> I think um, I think there's that we got to be more open about it. It's okay to have to have faults. And right. It's, it's okay to have these things. Well, and it's important to share. I can tell you that my speaking career changed mm-hmm. when I got honest and started talking about being in remedial operative in dental school. <laughs> it immediately, <laughs> as soon as I started telling that story, um, that's when I started connecting with audiences. And so it's like, well, why would? Um, why would you ever share this, like talk about depression or whatever? But again, it's that, it's that same kind of connection. You know, nobody wants to hear stories of us being heroes. Yeah. They want to hear about the time we, we fell down and, and kind of got back uh, up again. But there is kind of a stigma where you feel like if I share this on, not the weight loss, but if I share this stuff on social media, what will my staff say? Or what will, will patients well, still know. want to see? Well, the staff knows. <laughs> this, you know, Josh has such a great story about, uh, about that patient not wanting to come back to his practice because Dr. Austin just seems so angry all the time. He's like, he had no, it never had occurred. <laughs> he didn't know. He, he had no awareness that he was so angry. And how were other people picking up on this when he, when he didn't you know, yeah. even know? So it's, to your point, they, they kind of already know. Um, but it's not like our patients, none of them suffer from this. I mean, just, yeah. just it's not like they don't think we can't do dentistry because yeah. we're taking this or that because they're taking it too and it's just the opportunity they're to, the, to share they're, it they're and unburden yourself i didn't know you were taking <clears throat> depression, depression medication till you said that today because happy-go-lucky t-bone yeah. but then you tell me about your childhood and i'm laughing 
But there's also part of my brain that's going, oh, that's kind of fucked up. That's like, yeah. like a, I mean, I'm not saying you got to, you no, know, I'm sure. not directing <clears throat> abuse charges sure. at your, but some of us are, are more sensitive than other. I think it's all genetic. I think yeah. we're 90% pre-programmed at the factory. Mm-hmm. I think it's so much nature and a Does little bit of nurture. that have to do nurture. with the recent vaccines that we've taken? <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I don't, no, I think it was long before that. Yeah. I, think, I think it's all in our, um, in our DNA and then just um, trying to get, you know, just just one example of like, um, you know, learning one of the commandments, the fourth commandment yeah. is honor thy father and mother no matter what. You know, it's right. in the Bible, Le- unless you want to have a long life on earth. So basically saying if you don't always look up yeah. to and respect your mother and father, you're not going to live very long. It's kind of a threat, you right. know, which which sometimes the church uh, did. But if if you had some, you know, trauma, for example, with uh, your parents, it's, it's really difficult to, to reconcile with this. And um you know, my mom and I, um, we kind of made up a couple of times, and I thought mm-hmm. we had made up towards the end. But, you know, when she was dying of cancer, she refused to see me in mm-hmm. the hospital. And when the priest came in and said, is there anybody you need to patch things, you know, up with or any, anything you want to tell me or God? She was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I don't know. that I wasn't there. I don't know how uh, nonchalantly I shouldn't put that emphasis on there. But even at that point, um, she refused to see me and uh you know, for a long time, I was like, well, that's that. You know, she's, you know, she's gone. And, um, you know, as time has gone on, I've realized that um, that it's it's still like this. You know, I, I'm reading I'm reading this book right now by uh, Alice Miller, this um, who talks a lot about, um, like, childhood uh, traumas. And it's called The Body Never Lies. And it's like you can't you, – you can lie to your brain, but, but sure. the body doesn't. The body knows. And she questions whether or not you can forgive, like, you know, a trauma sure. like like that, and like if that's going to be therapeutic or not, or if you have to do this other work. So I'm I want to do. Um, I'm 56. What am I waiting for to be to be yeah. as happy or as content as I could be without worrying about without having this anxiety and without having you know the, these panic attacks Self and stuff doubt, like that. All these things. That, yeah, I'm not good that, enough. Yeah. Or uh, you and, know, and that's amazing for people probably to hear that, right? That we I have I have self doubt right. on a daily basis sometimes. You know, and, 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 well, why is this company not working with me anymore? Why did they, why did they, like, it's so bad sometimes, like, wait, am I the second choice, third choice, or fourth choice? Because I can't be the first choice. And if I am the first choice, why am I the first choice? Because this product isn't good and I'm going to be the, I mean, it's Like, how long did your high last after DS World 2019? So you do this amazing case that turns out, well. A few days. Was it like two or three days later where you're going, what's next? That wasn't, that wasn't enough to fill the hole. No, right? it, was it, almo- felt- it was almost a letdown after two or three days. And like, yeah. how do I, like, how do right, I go back? With the high point how do life. I go back to <laughs> right. my practice and 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 not Listen have people high fiving me all yeah. over the, you know, all that my yeah, all, all hail T bone, right. right? And and I think um, I wish we talked. I wish people would talk more about it. Um, I have a back second. I have a passenger seat, uh, thanks to, due to my wife's practice. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on with people from substance abuse to depression to people having to be stuck at home with each other that don't want to be stuck at home with each other. Um, there's all kinds of stuff going on out there. And I think it's we need more people telling people it's okay to, to be not perfect. And that's one of my missions in what I do is to be... Uh, the darkest transparent person <laughs> in dentistry, right. and um, to to share these things, to share that you know we make mistakes, to share that 
we have self-doubt, to share that, you know, we're not feeling like we're achieving, or right. to share all of these things, to share that I'm on, to, like I remember, I have a, a very good friend within the industry that's also done very well, and I remember the, I, the first time I was talking about depression publicly, he, he looked at me and said, why would you share that? I'm like, because it's, right. it's the reality. I bet you, I'll bet you, and I, I'm making this up, I bet you a quarter of all dental dental people are, are on some type of mental medic, mental health medication of some sort or another. And um, it, it's just, and that's not unique to dentistry. No. That's, that's, that's mankind. And, and I want to make it non-stigmatized. Growing up in the Indian culture, uh, mental, mental health conditions was stigmatized oh like, my God. I'm like, just, yeah. like nothing else. You know, absolutely stigmatized in, and uh, like like growing up in, in in our Indian culture, you didn't talk about sexuality, right. you didn't talk about like I remember even like almost even to this day, as a forty five year old married man with three kids, if a kissing scene comes on in TV and I'm with my parents, like I will change the channel, die for the remote, yeah, for those uh, lips touch, yeah, and it's uh, it's it's um, it's uh, and. And my and I, look, I respect my wife so much. Uh, and this was an embarrassing blog that she wrote. And she's trying to also help people. She wrote a blog recently about um, growing up Indian and the lack of transparency of sexuality or sex or whatever it is and how that's affected our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I certainly didn't love seeing that in print. Where was it in print? Like on a, on her website? On her website, yeah. I'll send you the article okay, so you no, can I'll make fun it. of me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but um but it's an important message. Of course, right. Because because we're on earth to impact people. That I, I firmly believe yeah. that 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 my my gift is to help others see themselves as normal. Well, and the thing is, I don't know if you would agree with this, but the, the, the only thing that fills the hole, like one of the high moments of, for me was uh, the Richard Branson interview, mm -hmm. you know, so, yeah. because I prepped for it and I was just in the moment and had good responses with him and it was, it was great. And, um, you know, a couple days later, mm -hmm. it's gone. But the, the only thing that kind of helps is when you get an email from a dentist who says, hey, that prep technique you showed me has really yeah. helped me out. So it's, it's, it is helping someone else. And that's why you would tell that story, because ultimately when you can be of service to those around you, in your, whether it's your community or if your community's dentistry, um, to share that you have this right. um, and get rid of some of the shame on their part and be able to talk about it and have a conversation if it helps a couple of um, other people... That ultimately, I think, is what, at least for me, gets me out of my head and, con and just, like, going over and over and over this stuff uh, in my own head and gets me out of there. And that's the answer to the question, why would you talk about this stuff? It's because, uh, you know, we, we have a privilege as speakers, and, of course, there is time where we're delivering clinical content. Uh, but, but the goal should not be to stand up and look as good as we can yeah. in front of people. It should be to kind of be our... Um, authentic selves and be able to share some of that. Now, okay, straight clinical lecture, I get that, but that's not your lane and my lane. You know, we definitely, we definitely try to uh, keep people entertained at the same time, which is again is kind of us, kind of yeah. you know, making making ourselves just, yeah, getting self worth yeah. through self um, deprecation. But um, yeah, I I absolutely I hear what you're saying, and that and, and that's why I'm putting it out here 
that I'm going to start doing this on Instagram. Yeah. Of course, I got to talk to my daughter or somebody about should this be Instagram <laughs> stories or reels or all this ridiculous stuff. I frankly just want to create content and give it to somebody. somebody and say, you get this yeah. into the world. I'll just create well, this really, stuff. Really, if you were smart, you'd do the Gary Vee approach and just have somebody follow you a lot, out, around all day long and, and document everything for you and then just close your eyes and just let them do their thing. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's the thing is like um, I'm openly looking for someone to do it because I'll – I'll create it and I'll I'll put stuff. Well, it's be... interesting you bring it up because we had talked about it at at uh, the retreat the other night. I I bought the website skinnytbone.com. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. So I have that and and I will join you in this gamification. Well, that's uh, why um, I'm calling the I I got to start the Instagram account tonight on the way to the restaurant. But yeah. I'm going to call it um Mike Totola is losing it yeah. because it's about the weight, but it's also about yeah. mentally, you know how I feel and how this is getting more so as I get older. Um, it's not getting better. L- lack of kind of like any dental disease, periodontal disease, yeah. or caries. Ignoring it for decades, probably going to make it worse. Yeah. And so as this creeps up, it's kind of like, what am I, what am I waiting? You know, okay. So I've been doing the talk therapy. It's helpful, but it's time to look at some more options. radical, you know, some yeah. some al- some alternatives. That it's like, well, how would this party drug ever work? But you look it up online and you see that people it have works. had results. A lot with of the PTSD. research was done here at Duke University. Was it really? Yeah. So. Uh, so I want to make sure that uh, that find out where Mona is and we can talk about. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I would I'd like to try uh, MDMA therapy too. Yeah. You know, there's this group Maps that's um, getting pretty close in their FDA studies to helping that too. And it, it is really weird how um, psychedelic drugs, mm-hmm. which I've always been terrified of, uh, because when I smoked pot for the first time was the first time I had that depersonalization, mm-hmm. derealization. So this was at the age of 13. This was in eighth grade. <laughs> And we get high, me and my stupid friends. I, I'm assuming it was weed and not PCP laced, but I, we started getting high, and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not here. Uh, and I'm freaking out like I'm psychotic. And, they, and then I smoke weed two more times with them like an idiot, and it happened each, and it happened yeah. each time. Um, I heard a singer um, talk about it once. I can't remember if it was uh, the lead, I can't remember if it was like uh, Jacob Dylan or Adam George for County Crows, or, or it might have been uh, Chris Cornell. But another person who talk about having these um, these insane reactions to marijuana, the you mm-hmm. know these insane panic attacks and these this depersonalization, and uh, so I've always been scared of kind of mind nothing even marijuana is a mind altering sure. drug, but of psychedelics. I've always been terrified of of these things, and so it's kind of begrudgingly that I've come to the point that you know it's going to be okay because at one point I did abuse nitrous so bad. <laughs> Had it cranked up to 70%, you know, back in the old dark days where I'm just sitting alone at the office on the weekend. Nasal mask, are you kidding me? I've got the hose like right in my mouth, sucking this down at 70%, watching TV. And uh, weirdly, it was um, it was Loveline with mm-hmm. Adam Kroll and Dr. Drew, and I'd later get to be on Adam Kroll's podcast. Show, yeah. But I was hallucinating so much, I looked in the hallway, and the walls were slanted, and the paint was yeah. melting down the walls, and they were talking to me. You know, Adam yeah. and Dr. Drew were like, hey, Mike, and I was just like, so I should have, you know, so I don't think a psychedelic experience would break my brain. I, right. I think I've just been afraid to um really step into because i've tried emdr and other stuff to kind of get to what's going on in those first 10 years and 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 nothing's worked yet so that's why i'm like my brain's already broken what am i talking yeah. about you know it's to a certain extent i don't right. you know what i mean when i, I say it's broken mean. there's something going on in there that talk alone won't help there could be some chemical that would help and so i've just finally gotten to the point where i'm ready to do it and and ready to share it and kind of be 
uh, an, an open book. And I remember a therapist saying a long time ago, one day you're going to talk about this and it's going to help a lot. You're going to talk yeah. about this on stage. It's going to help a lot of people. And I was like, oh, fat chance there. I don't want to no. lose gigs because of no, the, whatever this or that. I, but I'm finally at that point. It's a different world. Right. We've proven ourselves. and That uh, was like 18 years ago that you <laughs> yeah, said that. Exactly. So was, well, you, I, I did look up your first speaking clip. But, uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike, let's get to dinner. Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome, man. That was and, great. Uh, thank you for being open. Yeah, you, know, you too, man. Yeah, I think that's our gift. Our gift is to be open, to 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 help people change their lives and to let people know it's okay to fail and there are better days ahead. So and Maybe one day uh, we put together some sort of mental dental uh, program here at the summit. Listen. Where it's you and I really going deep because I've only, get, I've only yeah. scraped the surface on some yeah. of my bad stories. Sure. We've got an entire team of people that can do that. From therapists, yeah, to, and yeah, and Mona or whoever to, yeah, comes absolutely. in, and we, I, I will happily and would love to do, would love to do, not, you know, even if we don't like, even if we just get people together to talk about it, so that they can feel better about it, that would that would be awesome, and we can live stream it, maybe more other people can can tune in and watch and share stories. And, and once again, like, every just like you did these past two days, every dentist you help, you help their three thousand yeah. patients at the same yeah. time, so it's got this is this much bigger. The butterfly uh, effect. effect. The right? butterfly effect, yeah. and you know, we we always hear about dentists in there. Your your consultant mm-hmm. was here, ha- yeah, Holly, Holly yeah. and was talking about a dentist she knew that committed suicide. suicide yeah, yeah, and and having to sell that uh, a practice, and she just she knows a lot of these stories from her interactions, which are mainly not talked about right. unless you're in the business of having to sell a practice right. like that, because otherwise, won't make CNN, won't be on the cover of yeah. dentistry today. It's this. Kind of shame, but you know, the, secret. The, those magazines should put it on the cover. That should be our challenge to them, to 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 make it to make it not taboo, to talk about these things. Right, and that should be our goal. All right, everybody, thank you guys so much, Mike. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Uh, it was great, and we'll see you guys next week. Hey, podcast family, T Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, Visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.